0: Welcome to the Electricians Co-op. I'm your host, Rob Russ. And I'm Jamie Small. Today on the show, we've got Jake Fuller and Aidan Piper from the Home Tech Talk Podcast. Collectively, both Aiden and Jake have over 20 years' experience in the home automation industry. Jake and Aiden
1: are here to share their knowledge and experience in home automation. And by the end of today's show, you have some new experts in your corner that you'll be able to call upon to solve your home automation challenges.
0: Let's get started. G'day, Jamie. How are you, mates? Excellent, Robert. How are you? Excited to be doing this podcast. We've wanted some home automation people on the show for a little while. We've we we? got two of them in now. Have we? Is that what we've wanted? It, yeah, it has That's been. What That's, I've got. That was on the list of people to go on. yet. <laughs> good day, gentlemen. How are you? Good Hey, boys. Very good. Thank you. So we've got Aiden and Jake here, and uh, we're looking forward to getting into this. But before we do any of that, mate, how's your week going, Jamie?
1: Yeah, good. I got my um, barrel sauna finally from the United States. It arrived in a container, so put that together. And I've been cooking in there. I had it at um, 92 degrees the other night. Was it a mission to put together or was it okay? It took three of us probably six hours to put it together. Um, It looks amazing. But um, the other day I said to my missus, I said, oh, do you want to come and have a sauna with me? She's like, yeah, yeah, I have a sauna. So she's got in there and. It's the first time in the new sauna. We usually have it at about 85 degrees and it got to like 92 and I was absolutely cooking. I wanted to get out of there and I'm looking across at her and she's cruising Oh, and I wanted to get out. She was happy to stay in there, so I battled through it, got out there, but when I got out, my heart rate was like 160. I just I was absolutely <laughs> on fire, fire out, but she, she almost cracked me, but we
0: got there in the end. Doesn't that topple your like internal thermostat and mess with your – Heart and stuff. It's good for your heart, mate. Read, Is it? The, read the literature. Yesterday. Oh, hey, I don't know. I don't know anything really, really, about really it. Good for you.
1: Yeah. I reckon um, they did a study. They followed some guys in Finland for 20 years. I think the, st- the study started when they were 50 and it reduced all cause mortality by up to 50% heart and lung um, diseases, stuff like cardiovascular disease. So, has it got to do with your immune system and your immunity? Uh, it's got to do with like pumping blood through your body, your heart. Um, I don't. I don't even know. I'm like I don't even know. But it's fifty percent. Let's read the literature. Fifty percent
0: is good enough for me, 50%. man. If I could. Hey, what, what's the latest in your world? Oh, uh, heaps going on in in our world. I have to say, we are happy to report we secured the deal with Nika, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, looking forward to bringing on uh, Nika and. Uh, working closely with them to bring more content and to amplify this to as many as electricians as humanly possible, actually. So that's That's all all pretty exciting. Gentlemen, How's COVID been treating you? Aidan, why don't you go first and tell us a little bit about that? Has it been okay or is it business uh, tracking along as normal? Yeah, it's been good up until like the last little bit where we've had a
2: lockdown. But apart from that, it's been great. I mean, everyone's at home. I was joking before that they're at home realising that their entertainment system doesn't work. So they're calling around trying to get it resolved so they can actually do something with their time. But um, no, business has been good. Very
0: nice. What about you, Jake? Have you had the same sort of experience?
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely. We're we're sort of realising that, I mean, a lot of people are at home and they're realising that you know, the downfalls of their houses. And I mean, one big thing we're doing at the moment is a lot of network upgrades. So a lot of people are working from home and then they're realising that their network equipment isn't up to isn't up to scratch. So yeah, doing a lot of network upgrades, which has really been really good. What do you do in
0: that sense? Do you just put a better router in there, more Wi-Fi? What are you doing? Yeah, more exa- access points and stuff? Exactly
3: that, yeah. So yeah. We, we essentially um, use different equipment from, you know, your typical internet provider um equipment that would come when you sign up with Telstra or whoever. And um yeah, we would basically remove those devices and use uh a better grade equipment and and also make sure that the Wi Fi is spread across the house evenly. And you know, there's a lot of um, you know, spots where Wi Fi doesn't reach, you know, typical houses. So Actually installing um, higher-grade equipment has helped a lot of people being able to work from home.
0: Yeah, nice one. So would, I,
1: would I be right in saying like, like when you sign up with an NBM package and the one that they send you out in the mail, is that just the base model to get you started?
3: Uh, yeah, I would say so. Uh, it's kind of an all-in-one device. So it, it does your your network switching as well as your Wi-Fi and it, it it's a modem router. So it does both uh, both aspects of that um, connection coming into the house and then it also translates inside the house. So what we would typically do is separate those devices and give each device its own role in the network. And we find that it, the more devices you separate, the, the more processing power gets sort of ad- allocated to different types of, um, you know, Wi-Fi or network switching, and it provides a faster connection.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. The out-of-the-box gear is probably okay for a little space like this. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've got a big house with four or five bedrooms upstairs, downstairs, that's when it becomes a bit of a problem, right?
3: Yeah. And, and it also depends on how many people are in the house. And if you're in a crowded environment, you know, every device connects to the internet these days. So every device is a beacon essentially, and it's put you know, outputting Wi-Fi and, and it's becomes crowded in a sense. So we kind of segregate those Wi-Fi access points and help the signal get around better.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And do you do the same thing, Aid? Do you do exactly network the as same well? Same
3: thing, yeah. No, yeah. I didn't know
2: that. Yeah, right. Allocate Wi-Fi where Wi-Fi is used, as opposed to you know your free ISP router that comes in the box. You normally get stuck in a cupboard or corner somewhere yeah. where you don't use it, and then you need Wi-Fi yeah. out in the lounge room, and so yeah. You know, that's why we put wireless access points in the areas that you use them and then wire them back. And I got a lot of uh, happy.
0: I got a lot of experience. You might like this. I know this. You're gonna learn something about me today, Jamie. All right. Hit me. You, you might not know, man, but I got a lot of experience in that Wi-Fi space. You install Wi-Fi at Sydney Airport. Did you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And my business did that. Um, and also I must have been like probably forty fifty hotels, a whole bunch of places like that. So that's a bugger of a job. Oh, that's good. It's all right. It's all right in a small environment when you're running cables and you're doing all that, and there's a lot of testing that goes into it and whatnot. And I was uh, the first person to sell the advertising on a Wi-Fi network at Sydney Airport, and we sold it to Optus, and Optus bought it for, I think at the time it was like 160 grand or something like that.
4: Wow.
0: So it didn't cost that much money to do the installation. And what we would, what we said to them was. We'll go ahead and do the install so you pay us all for that and we'll go away and sell the ads for you as well. And we went and sold the ads and negated the cost of the install and kept the kept the difference like that. It was actually a really lucrative job and it's still there today. So when you go into the domestic terminal, that's the Wi-Fi that was installed by my business and whatnot. It's well, pretty cool. How about that,
1: eh? Learn yeah. something every day. There you go. So where do you get most of your business? Is it from builders? Is it from Sparkies? Is it online? How do you generate a lot of your business, boys? Um, mine's a good mix of...
2: Referral base is you know we've been doing this since two thousand and seven so we've met a lot of people along the way but um there's a lot of electricians that utilise our services um, there's builders that sometimes refer us not so often um, and then again yeah just homeowners going about you know they're always moving houses renovating rebuilding yeah. we get a lot of repeat business so well, that's,
0: well, that's and how and you're a licensed electrician as well are you?
2: I, I happen to hold an electrical license. <laughs> I dare say that's probably a
0: stretch. That was a loaded question. Seems. Yeah. I like, look
2: at him like fighting to get out of it. he blows the dust yeah. off his contracting car. <laughs> yeah. I hold one. I don't utilize it very often. So, I mean, to people say, uh, you know, I kind of require to have one to work
1: on 240-volt lighting systems and things like that. But um,
0: you never I, find I yourself never, doing that in your automation I never do
1: any. So do I be contract. right in saying like as an electrician, our ideal client is a builder? potentially, um, but your ideal client is an electrician because the electrician feeds you guys work. Would that be right? Yeah,
2: an, elect- a, an electrician that realises the limitations of what they should be taking on. In a, you know, I mean, my market's predominantly residential, so an electrician that realises the limitations of their business in a luxury residential environment and requires a, a, a professional to take care of the technology portion,
1: then, yeah, that, that it would. But to be honest, most of the time it's client-driven. So what if, uh, say, we don't do so much high-end, we sort of do medium sort of range homes. At what point would I get you in? Is it on the initial chat or is it me sort of highlighting what the potential of what automation you can do for somebody's home?
2: Yeah, you would realise that the scale of the project at the outset, so when you're first being brought into the project and it's, you know, pre-construction or whatever, it's in design phase, um, you would realise that the scope of the project is large and you would need somebody – to be able to deploy technology at that scale, and, and that's when you would utilise our services. So we would do design documentation so you would know what cables to run for all the subsystems, and then we would provide you with the equipment, the active equipment to run on those subsystems, and then we would program and, and commission them and, and hand them over to the client. Yeah, right.
3: I mean, it's also a bit of client driven stuff as well. I mean, if they're asking a lot more questions that related to the latest technology or, you know, this system that does this, you know, X, Y, Z that is, you know, typically targeted to the tech world. Yeah. We get you guys in for another site meeting then. Yeah.
1: Because we get a lot of clients saying, oh, what about Google this and Google that and Alexa Mm -hmm. and all this sort of stuff. And I've got limited knowledge with it and like we've touched on before, um, I try and stay in my lane Mm. and if there's an opportunity to get somebody else involved, I'll try and get them involved and, you know, if I can make a couple of bucks on it and you can make a couple of bucks, I think it's a win-win. Yeah,
0: it works for everybody. Ada, you mentioned that you've been doing this since 2007. Tell us a little bit about your background. How long have you been in the automation space, Jake?
3: Yeah, so automation specifically, probably about seven years now. My background is live audio, so I used to be a sound technician for various festivals and live events. So um, yeah, I kind of realised that the the job I was doing probably wasn't going to suit my lifestyle moving forward. Having my first with a family, yeah, exactly. You know, you <laughs> on do, the road, exactly. Yeah, so I, I did used to tour as well. So I mean, it can become become quite um, you know intensive in times of you know having to be away for, you know, 40 hours a week, in, sorry, in a weekend, you know. just yeah, it's full on. it's a whole week. Yeah, yeah. It's in two days. So, and then, yeah, sort of realizing that technology is ever growing and I'm kind of a nerd myself, you know, I love, love tech. So it, it just really suited what I was loving and passionate about. Nice one.
0: Well, did you start working for somebody else first, or did you just kick off into your own business?
3: Yeah, so I, I worked for a integrator, a couple of integrators um, and sort of learnt the ropes through through those guys, and um, that's kind of how I met Aiden as well. So um, yeah, we kind of just worked alongside each other and and also just being in the space, learning the ropes, and then sort of utilising that knowledge to then move to my own business and try and you know do things a bit different.
0: So speaking of your own business, it's called Automated Audio Visual, and I'm reading it off your shirt because <laughs> I can't remember it because it's yeah. not on the screen here. Tell us about that. So you've been doing that for how many years now?
3: Yeah, so the business itself is probably about two years old. Um, nice. So fairly, fairly new. And, um, yeah, no, it's going good. I mean, we can definitely see some opportunity there to grow. Um, so it's just myself at the moment um, utilising subcontractors and, and also other resources. You know, Aiden as well in um, his company has helped me out. So, yeah, no, it's good
0: small industry, get yeah. to lean on other people. Do you have a preferred type of job you like to work on? Is it the small residential type stuff or you're willing to give pretty much anything a go because you've got that background as well, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, anything a go and it's sort of utilizing the resources that I have and using the contacts that I've sort of, you know, um, gained over the years of working for other people. So um, it's kind of helped my business get to a point where, you know, it, it's it looks like it has potential.
0: Excellent. And your turn there. Aidan, what about audio visual integration services? So is it AVI or do you call, what do I you call, call it? it audio
2: visual integration. Yeah. Uh, my domain just happens to have services. Services. Yeah. So yeah, that's why the services. But um, yeah, ultimately the same thing. I mean, I started out I was an electrician, then I did pro audio. I realized what I don't like really quickly. So I lasted momentarily in that space and then moved into the residential technology space.
0: And um, fell in love with it, obviously, because you're still doing yeah. it all these years later.
2: Yeah, I, no, I love it. Uh, I like my my perfect job is like home cinema, so I'm sort of an audio visual specialist. I just happen to do automation as well because it's typically a, li- a part of a larger project. But um, yeah, if we could just build cinemas, then that would be my,
0: my cup of tea. Is really. that is that a common thing in new? It's a common thing in new builds, right? In new homes and whatnot. Is do you see a lot of retrofits happening? I mean we do because that's what we That's what you do. do.
2: But yeah, I mean it's it's surprising how many homes now have cinemas. It's it's great. I mean, why would you go to a public cinema when you can have your own? And you know, it's a personalized experience. So what point in what you your own. house are you allowed to have a cinema
1: in I it, know, I'm digging for these questions it, here. It, this is cool. I don't know. Yeah. Is it five bedrooms and a cinema or is it four bedroom cinema, or six? Yeah, what's typically the amount of bedrooms
3: before you're allowed to cinema? You can have no a bedrooms
0: and a cinema. <laughs> you just have a cinema and a, a, a kitchen. <laughs> and, a, and one bedroom, yeah. And yeah. this two-bedroom apartment. Yeah, the fold-out lounge. And just, the fold-out yeah. lounge.
3: I think we're finding a lot of multi-use spaces becoming a bit more popular yeah. and and that being they're bringing the home theatre into a living room yeah. as well as, you know, the – specific clients that would want to have a home theater, dedicated home theater and can afford to have that space. But I think even from a living room or a lounge room, being able to, you know, technology is growing quite rapidly and you can get a soundbar that will do Dolby Atmos and, you know, you can get that sort of experience, but then there's also obviously the higher level of a dedicated home cinema. So,
0: what do you see? More of TV screens, or do you see projectors, or is it just a mix of things? Just in depends cinema, on what it is. It's,
2: in cinema, it's almost exclusively projection. And why is that? Uh, because you can do larger screen
1: sizes. Oh, yeah, right. Even though the screens are like hundred inch now, is that right? How big are they getting? I mean, yeah, you were just sitting in is my the, showroom. I was one hundred and twenty. Was that one hundred and twenty?
0: That's a big boy isn't it. And well, that's <laughs> tiny.
2: <laughs> is it? Yeah, right. It's not big.
0: What about the resolution, like of of the actual projector when you're because you're not in a giant room, you're still relatively close to the screen. You can be pretty close to the screen and maintain that resolution, right? Yeah,
2: so in my cinema there, you're seeing 127-inch screen and you're sitting 3.6 metres back. Is that like a – there must be rules
0: around that, right, standards yeah, and are, stuff?
2: there are. There there are viewing viewing angle standards, so how wide your field of view is. They're called um, Samti viewing standards, so – as long as you were within that space. And I mean, it is still, it's not like a hard limit. You can't, you can do whatever you like ultimately. Yeah. But yeah, there's guidelines as to what you should adhere to. There's a lot of standards in cinema design. There's a huge amount of standards that you should adhere to when designing
1: a cinema. So what you're saying is you convert any lounge room into a cinema. Is that right? That's not what I'm saying. No,
3: (laughs) no, no. I'm sort of saying that you can get that experience experience. at a, at a different level um, because the rapid change of technology, but, a dedicated home cinema, as Azen was talking about, is completely different. Is a lot
0: better, is it? Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's a dedicated thing. It's not just buying a big TV and a sound yeah. bar and putting it in the right space. Well, it's really interesting to me because that home cinema experience is not just the screen. It's not just the sound. It's the lights. It's the chairs. It's the whole thing. Do you guys get involved in that design yep, work definitely. as well?
2: Yeah.
0: Seating, seating heights, seating platforms, acoustic
1: design. Okay. The whole works. Right. So very very involved. For obviously the listeners don't know, but Rob and I were just at the boys' podcast in their office at Tarrant Point. And then we will see how good is it? We had the shag wool carpet. You had the projector. Had the the black walls. We come back here to the, the, the cheap layout, and nasty the, version the right level, here. Leather the seats.
2: I keep I keep leaning back and nearly falling <laughs> off the seat. I was having to
1: concentrate. I was not enough.
0: Maybe it was what you were saying, Rob. I don't know. But I had the to toothpicks in. I, I actually bought this table with this podcasting table so we could stand up and stand around and drink a beer like a pub table. We'll have to do some podcasts like that one yeah, time, Jimmy, do like that? that. Yeah, after, it's actually But fun.
1: we should start the podcast after six beers. Yeah.
0: Blurring, like, <laughs> what, what not far and and that keep going, yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. It's a really interesting uh, space that you find yourself in. It's pretty unique. Is this industry a big industry or is it relatively small? No, it's definitely small.
3: Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean,
2: like all the main players in, I mean, even on the whole east coast of Australia, I would
0: know. You know them the personally. Wow.
2: Them. Yeah. So, I mean, and and we are talking about, I mean, you were giving some advice on you know, business and stuff like that. And I was trying to think of, you know, you're talking at scales which don't tend to relate to our doesn't
0: industry. apply. <laughs> well,
2: yeah. I mean, there's there's a small handful of people that have you know ten, fifteen, twenty guys. Most guys are a handful of guys. So, um, yeah, small industry, pretty niche. We all pretty well nerd out, pretty hard on our our market. <laughs> like we love this stuff. So, so are you technically called integrators? Is that the the that's, word? Yeah. yeah, that's the industry word for yeah, right. what we do is integration because yeah. we. Ultimately, we integrate all of those subsystems that you might happen to have in a home, whether it be cameras, security, lighting, AV, um, we integrate them together so that they can inter- like interact with each other and you can control
0: them from a central point. That's yeah. kind of the objective. So, Jake, tell me, you openly admit, hey, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to this stuff. Tell us about something that I'm putting on a spot here a little bit, but maybe some things in home automation that people wouldn't know about that are actually really useful and helpful. I mean, you know, pressing the button and making the blinds go down, that's useful and helpful, but not very exciting. Are there some exciting things on the horizon that you've got your kind of eye on and you can see things coming that you can share with us?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think with the convergence of IOT, it's begin, beginning to become more popular and everybody's aware of automation. And I think as Aiden was saying, our industry is quite niche, but I I see the potential for it to grow. And that being said, I mean, there's a lot of cool features that you can do in automation. And I mean, one thing that comes to mind for me, and I love this is say, for instance, we've got an intercom and it's got an access uh, keypad. You can type in, you know, your code. It can then send, say for instance, it's the dad and the kid comes home. It can then send him a message saying, you know, your son's home. It can then disarm the alarm. It can turn the lights on. It could even, you know, turn your speakers on to play, you know, your favorite playlist or whatever. I think that's quite cool. um, in, in terms of, it's just one point of interaction you don't have to get your phone out to to access the music or the lights or or even the security it's all done instantly
0: just in one go is there something that's at your top of your mind there Ada?
3: yeah i mean we we've we've actually done our
2: podcast on this exact thing where we talk about our favorite oh, your iceberg. favorite things yeah but i mean <laughs> the one thing that every all my clients love is access control Having the ability to access a home without requiring keys is a brilliant, a brilliant thing to be able to, to do.
1: With voice as well?
2: No, no, the voice not just biometric. We have, yeah, we do biometrics, so you yep. can you can have just your fingerprint. People also have a tendency to carry their their intent from the office space with a swipe card, which I don't think is particularly useful for a home. You might as well just take a key if you've got a card. Same thing, yeah, yeah. So I mean, access control is very very useful. Function of a home automation system. I mean, I personally like lighting, but obviously you have to have a certain type of lighting design to utilize that to its potential. Um, Things like motorization, like blinds and stuff like that, not very exciting unless it's interactive in terms of, you know, when the the lights come on or sunset happens, the blinds close. We do things with um, a lot of the architectural projects that we have, you know, they have a tendency to have nice furnishings. And they also have large windows, and if you know the sun might be shining in at some particular time in the afternoon, damaging the leather lounge or something, you can have the blinds interact with that um, without the client having to do anything. So there's there's a lot of just nice sort of they're, they're definitely luxuries. I mean, they're not we're not going to pretend that this is an essential part of
1: anyone's <laughs> <It's> definitely <laughs> yeah. luxury. Yeah. So tell me about voice control. Like I, a lot of our clients are wrapped up about. Google do this, Google do that, Google turn on the lights. I suppose for me, I don't really—it's not really my cup of tea. But if I got voice control for my lights, and I get up in the middle of the night and I want to turn on the bathroom lights while my wife is asleep, do I have to whisper it? <laughs> I would say yes. <laughs> I'd say you probably should whisper.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> but, I mean, to answer your point, I mean, we would typically install motion sensors or even a nighttime button in the lighting control yeah, that would right. illuminate a pathway. So there's a lot of convergence there with, with the way you live your your lifestyle. And if you did want to wake up in the middle of the night, you can just hit a button and it can turn on some pathway lights and to a low, lower level as well. Um, we can also do motion sensing control in a bathroom, say, for instance, Instance, you can turn on some LED to not a hundred percent, but like a nice, you know, lower percentage yeah. that doesn't, you know, shock you when you're half asleep. You know, so well, I know great. me at
1: home. I'm always pulling up when I get up to go to the bathroom. I'm taking my phone with me so I don't wake up anyone I'm with the with a torch, you know, to see yeah. where I'm
0: going. So don't kick your toe on the way.
1: That would be very handy. Yeah, I Actually, can't I trotted my arm um, phone roller the other night. I was. Walk into the bathroom and I trot the foam <laughs> roller, almost
0: flying back, and hit head on the window Go for a sixer, man, like a skateboard. <laughs> yeah. I I can't help but think, gentlemen, as you're talking about these things, I'm like, wow, that sounds cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And I've got this like really super fancy phone on the table here in front of us. You know, it's worth a couple of grand, and you know, it's got the world's best camera. It's got the best technology. It's got the best of everything. But I use it's it to Samsung, look- right? Yeah, but I, you know. To your point, you've got the the opposite version of an iPhone, right? But you use it to read email, make a phone call, and look at Facebook. And I really only use maybe 30% of the capacity of that actual device. Do you find that home automation is like that for your consumers and your users? How do you train somebody to actually make the most of their investment when they're actually using it?
2: Yeah, I mean, hearing Jamie's description of the lighting scenario (laughs) and the voice scenario, I mean- To us, it's hard to describe that there's a pretty big difference between like the gimmicky side of things that you might see in like TV marketing stuff. um, And then what is actually in a professionally installed automation platform. So the, the objective is, is to not really know that you're using it. Like it's just literally to to make your life simpler. So, you know, you get up and you don't even realize that you're you're turning the lights to a different level. If you turn them on after 10 PM, it just happens, right? So you don't really have to train someone. You just, and that's like the benefit of a professionally integrated solution is that the person that's doing it knows how to deliver you the best possible outcome for your environment. You don't, you just don't have those things where you have to really train. I mean, there's training obviously, but I mean, there's not high, it's not like you know how to program my phone or code something on my
1: phone or something like that. Is there upkeep involved in it? Like, once you've got the, yeah, once you've handed over the keys, you know, does the client still have your number and they're asking you questions about how to do things or maintaining things, stuff like that?
3: Yeah, I think we, we are typically, um, the last person to leave an install, and I think that the the upkeep of service calls, whether it be you know the technology isn't working, or even if they they're interested in something new, um, there's always something new, and there's always a new feature. I mean, Aiden and I obviously use a, a brand called Control Four, and I think they 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 always update the system. They're always updating every year. There's a new update, whether it's a, a different interface or if it's a new product that can serve. A, a use case scenario. I think that that's the great thing about our industry is it's it's always evolving.
0: Does yeah. that help you with recurring business? You go back to clients and say, hey, there's this new upgrade. You know,
3: we've got this. Want to have a little look? Mm. Yeah, we should. Yeah. So is that something you need to – It doesn't want to touch on it. To yes, the, it is, but no.
1: Do you actually, actually need to go to the property to upload the new system or whatever it might be and train the client or it's just yeah, something it depends. that automatically depends That's happens? platform specific.
2: So, I mean, we're fortunate enough with Jake, Jake mentions Control 4 where – we've got they've got a really really great remote management solution um so yeah we can push firmware updates remotely we can check status of a lot of equipment remotely we can do service and support remotely but yeah no i mean the joke is is that the client leaves the premises before we do like they they'll sell it and move out and we'll still be servicing the property because it's just literally i mean at the end of the day it's technology i don't know if you've got a phone from 2008 but if you did you'd be pretty unhappy with it so It's a bit silly to think that your home automation
1: system is going to just stay stagnant. And- so it's an ongoing cost. Is it something that you factor into your quote or it's something that's billed quarterly or monthly? Does it work? Uh, we do have a service package. So we have three three tiers of service. Um,
2: one of them, the, the entry level one's free and it just basically describes with the time with which we'll get to supporting your service request. And then obviously the other tiers are paid and then we get there sooner and we can do more remotely and we have a requirement that you do update your system multiple times per year to make sure that we can support you as efficiently as possible. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just at the end of the day, it's technology. So it evolves quite rapidly.
0: What do you think when you hear that, Jamie, as an electrician, you know, home automation is not something that you have as an active division of your business, so to speak, I can see why because it's a real specialty.
1: It is and I by no means am I going to delve into it myself and I use Aiden um, after having some bad experiences with another character, um, hence why we haven't sort of promoted it or sold it or pushed it upon any of our clients because of we've had that bad experience but now that we've got Aiden, we are sort of looking to sort of get into it a little bit more and I suppose at the end of the day, you want to give the clients that option and highlight the fact that you can do what you've mentioned, you know, with the dimming of the lights and, you know, the blinds coming down at, when when the sun's coming out or whatever it might be. And I always like to highlight things to my client because I never want a client to ever say to me, he never told me why he didn't give me that option. So it's good to have that option. Um, for my own house, I'm, I'm pretty old school. I just like to know that when I flick a switch, there's a direct route to the light to turn on. That's just me. But now that you're talking about it, a lot of those features, particularly with the um, cinema and the lights that sort of turn on to the bathroom and that, that's very appealing to me. So I suppose for the electrician, it's education. And like I touched on you before at your own podcast is um, the integrator should be out educating electricians because the electricians don't really know what's out there. You know, we're sort of listening to the same things on TV like the consumers are and we're assuming it's just Google and Alexa and all that crap as well. So if there's something else out
0: there, like yeah. we'd certainly want to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a uh, good feedback. Yeah, and I'm totally. certain, I'm certain that the Sparkies listening to this. will have the uh, the same questions and the same feedback as well. Jake, I wanted to ask you, mate, what is the, Do you have a sweet spot in your business in the types of jobs that you do or the types of type of work that you like to do?
3: Yeah. I mean, I kind of share a bit of Aiden's passion as well, coming from the sound background. And I think um, audio visual systems are are really sort of appeasing to me in terms of, you know, you get a, a better reaction from the end user. And if you can, you know, Wow them with a really nice cinema, then that's great. Um, But I mean, also the day-to-day stuff. I mean, like I said to you before, I do a lot of networks and I think that the network is the most important part of an automation system. So it really needs to be looked after and taken care of.
0: You've got to look after that. Have you worked on a job uh, where you just thought, hey, man, I never thought I'd work on an amazing job like this before? Because time, from time to time, I find myself in those positions, interviewing people in what I do, podcasting and whatnot. Have you had the luxury of kind of touching on maybe one of those dream type jobs?
3: Yeah, I mean, all the time. I think every, every job is a different job and every job has different uh, features and the customer is different. So I think every job is a great job. You were playing both oh, sides I of know. the
0: card there, wasn't it? It was like
1: the most diplomatic yeah. podcast <laughs> answer
0: ever. I think we need Watch a break. My chin's
1: down listening to that. Just going, yeah. wow, yeah. that, was,
0: uh, that we, was well said. We need a break after that. <laughs> Hey there, Rob Russ here. If this is your first time here at The Electrician's Co-op, welcome. It's great to have you here. And if you're back for more, welcome back. Thank you for your loyalty. Now, if you like what you hear on today's show, make sure you share this podcast with your mates who are electricians. Jamie, myself, and our guests want to reach as many people as we can with The Electrician's Co-op, and we want to help more people to break through to the next level in their career, their business, and their life. All right. Let's talk about the Home Tech Talk podcast. Gentlemen, congratulations on that show and well done for putting that together. Podcasting is all about niching down and being super ultra specific. And you guys in the home automation space have taken the initiative to create the Home Tech Talk podcast. What was the inspiration for it? Tell us about that.
3: Yeah, well, I think uh, it goes back to sort of being collaborative in this industry. And I think that the more collaborative we are as, you know, business owners or installers or programmers, the better the end user will experience the system. So I think Aidan and I both share that same uh, passion.
0: Whose idea uh, was it?
3: I think I called him uh, yeah. first and I, I had the the first initial discussion. I actually remember the conversation. I was at a job and um, I was programming up a lighting control system and I, I kind of thought to myself when I was on my little lunch break, you know, I really want to do something different in, in what I'm doing. And I think adding the level of education for other installers out there and, I mean, even, you know, electricians or whoever is listening to our podcast to really understand what our industry is about and I don't believe that, you know, there is anybody else in this space doing it. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Well done. And tell me, Aidan, what have you learned about yourself in learning how to podcast? Cause it's easy to have a conversation and just stand around and chat with your mates, but it's completely different to actually trying to doctor a conversation and press the record button. That's a real skill, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've made it a conscious effort to always work on my ability to communicate because I've noticed that it's definitely a weak point. So it's been very helpful in just being able to talk to people. I mean, it's, I mean, it's been great in terms of my education, in terms of learning from my guests and find, finding out stuff that would have taken me God knows how long to discover on my own. So having people just come in and educate me is is a privilege.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Jamie, I've seen your face in the last couple of hours. You've learned a few things from these guys, particularly about home automation. So obviously they're hitting the mark with what it is that they're doing. How have you been received in the industry, in your space? Have you got some good feedback from from your colleagues and the other businesses?
3: Yeah, I think uh, we sort of caught up at our latest um, Control 4 Roadshow and uh, sort of other integrators in the space sort of came up to us and said, great job, you know, like we we enjoy listening to it. And I mean, as you guys know, I mean, it's it's a easy way to um, consume information. So I think that if we can do more episodes and have more guests on that are, you know, very um, inform- informative
1: yeah excellent so we, we cracking up against 50 episodes now rob Is yeah this episode? one's number this will be number 49 49 so. Yeah, so 49 so what about you boys what how many episodes are you guys up to
3: i think we're hitting around the 20 mark yeah yeah so um slow starters but i think yeah we're going good
1: yeah it's really good we were just on the um podcast for i don't know if i mentioned before but it was a lot of fun great setup and yeah the guys made us feel really comfortable yeah, we'll put all more the- ways than just uh, f- yeah. Like the seats were just every yeah, day the <laughs> coffee, recliners, coffee, coffee seats,
0: yeah. no jelly babies. But you know, oh, well, mission was time. was a marching band in there. It was uh, <laughs> it was pretty good. You've done twenty odd episodes. Is there a guest that stands out in your mind that you kind of really resonated with that you connected with? I mean, we did one, we did, obviously, yeah. I mean,
3: you guys, yeah. come on, of come on. Of you
4: guys did yes. it up, but
2: <laughs> the listeners wouldn't have hurt that at this point. So, and before now, I mean, I really enjoyed We We had a, um, a guest, Bill from Delos, and he works in the wellness space. I mean, I think that was quite useful to understand how technology can be utilized to create um, a greater sense of wellness in anyone's living environment and commercial space for that matter. So I found that quite like really interesting. I mean, I know I've sort of been down that road, the wellness road in terms of utilising technology in the past. I mean, we do some circadian lighting, things like
3: this. So, um, yeah, I think that was probably a highlight for me.
0: Nice one. What about you, Jake? Have you got a favorite guest?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't say favorite. They're all favorites. Um, but I will say the most informative I've had so far is um, I think one of our recent ones, Tony from Clarity AV Calibration, and he typically would calibrate TVs and projectors. And it's very niche and it's very informative in terms of, you know, really getting the, the most performance out of your projector or TV for that matter. So, yeah, added a lot of information.
0: Yeah, really industry specific there as well for your listeners, which is great. Every now and then I find myself listening to a podcast or an audio book or somebody else's content and I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I know that? Mm. There's like such a, there's gold nuggets in absolutely everything that you listen to. I think it's really important to, do you guys take inspiration from any other podcasters? I For me personally, I was inspired to start the Go All In show uh, from Jocko Willick, from the Team Never Quit guys, from all the kind of veteran military style podcasts in the US. But I didn't want to be a veteran military style podcast here in Australia because it's a bit unrelatable. It only relates in those spaces. So I love their style. I love their delivery. And I must've listened to probably four or 500 episodes before I decided I was going to start my own. So I'm a bit of an addict when it comes to that. So every time I go outside, I've got something in my ears and I'm listening to something. I turned on one this morning and it's like four and a half hours long and I'm only sort of 90 minutes into it. So I've got a little bit of work to do to catch up on that one. But even after 90 minutes, I was like, wow, I learned that. That was really good. That was really useful. It was that, What do you have any inspiring people that you kind of look to as guides?
3: I mean, I wouldn't say inspiring people, but I would say inspiring topics. And I think that's quite interesting is obviously our industry is definitely niche. And I think that there's a lot of other podcasts that cover our industry, but in different markets. And I think that, you know, being able to tailor it to the Australian market is quite helpful for where we live, I guess. Yeah. Now, is
0: there American versions of your show?
3: Yeah, uh, there's American and uh, English versions as well. Do you um, listen to them and go, oh,
0: God, that's terrible. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I wouldn't say terrible, but I'd say <laughs> a, lo- a lot of it's more focused on their market. And, right. I mean, obviously the same products get used in that space, but I think it's more focused to what we do and what we Deal with on a day to day basis. Nice
0: one. Do you do you have any podcasting inspiration for us, Aiden? That we should be tuning into, or not really?
2: Um, no, I do consume a lot of content. I do t- have a tendency to to be very much of the modern age where I get bored really quickly. So I'll be jumping around quite a bit.
0: You're not listening to a four hour show like me.
1: Uh, I find it hard to dig into a four hour show. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's
0: not. Yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. Yeah,
1: I'm a twenty minute man. I'm yeah like twenty minutes. Same. So if I watch something on YouTube, if it's longer than twenty minutes, I'll probably not even watch it. You, you won't even press the play button. Too much of a commitment. Yeah, I just, I just like if something pops up and I can't get back to it, I would rather watch the whole show.
0: Yeah, right. Rather than come
1: back and trying to remember what I've just listened to.
0: My God, I've listened to like 13 hours of an audio book this week and started that four-hour podcast wow. today yeah. wow. as well. It's a lot of content, consuming yeah. a lot of content, learning like a boatload of stuff like that. So did you, I cut you off there. Sorry, did you no, say I who guess was?
2: That's, I guess that's why we've gravitated to, to, to producing content in this fashion is that we just truly – it's just a great way to get informed. It's a great way to find out what you're interested in. It's. I mean, I like the idea of – this is an opportunity for me like sometimes i have clients into my showroom and i might have their attention for 10 15 maybe half an hour and i have to try and convey to them the the whole gamut of home technology of which they've got no background and hard groundwork
0: yeah it's really hard so, that's a communication piece right there
2: yeah so <laughs> I mean I found it challenging and I just Jake asked if we could you know if I, what I thought of this opportunity and I thought yeah it's a great way to just generally spread broadband information about our space because you know it's
1: really hard to to get it across the line in. 30 minutes. So how's awesome. it been for your business? I know for the electrician's co-op, you know, I'm obviously inspired by Rob with the podcasting, so thank you, Rob, for that as a side note. but That time you started listening to me, A lot, a lot, lot me, of the pal. questions that I do ask, yeah, I guess, is related to my business because they're things that I want to know and generally they're questions that other electricians want to know as well. So I feel like I've grown as more, more as a – a business owner, rather than an electrician, and and a man, and you know, culture leader, and all that sort of stuff. What about you guys? Have you guys grown as uh, business owners off the back of your podcast? Yeah, I think we
2: definitely focus on the technical aspect of things, as opposed to I know like I've listened to a couple of your podcasts, and it like it's great, like life advice, it's great business advice. I mean, we've typically taken a more technical uh, like approach to our industry. So yeah, I mean, I think it's great a way for us to just instead of like you might have a sales rep come around for a particular brand or whatever and you know, tell you about the latest thing, it's much more engaging to actually have a conversation where you're considering the fact that other people might be listening to it and it just helps to generally get that that amount of information across the line. It's really, really helpful.
0: Yeah, definitely. You got anything to add to that, Jack?
3: Yeah, I think I, yeah, I definitely echo that same opinion and I think that it sort of helped me grow as a person in terms of, you know, Uh, being more open and being able to communicate a lot better. So yeah, I think it's been great.
0: I think it's been, uh, I was listening to a few of your shows before we came down to Tarrant Point and I couldn't help but think that they were quite technical. And I thought, man, that's ballsy going out there and doing something technical. And Jamie and I sort of made a decision right at the start of this not to do technical things. We didn't want to talk about rules or standards or regulations or anything like that. What we wanted to do is talk about it from a general perspective. But I I think it's a double-edged sword, right? Because if I'm listening to something technical, I can be drawn right into that topic. And I found myself drawn into your subject thinking, what am I listening to? (laughs) because <laughs> I'm not in that space, right? So I don't really understand what you're talking about. But I was drawn into the technical nature of your conversation as well. But I think the double-edged sword there as well is that if someone's drawn into it, they're like, oh, that's not really for me. And they get to bounce out of it quite quickly as well, like that as well. But that's a good thing because not every podcast that you record is necessarily going to be for every listener. So you want to get that at the top of the show. You tell them what it's all about. You start with it. Now, nah, not for me. Go to the next episode. Go again like that, which is really good. Yeah,
1: there's bits of it um, amongst all our podcasts here yeah, occasionally we speak about technical stuff with other electricians but I don't know I think you can be the best electrician in the world but you now if you're not a good guy you're gonna have an unsuccessful business so I suppose for us it's about building you know becoming better people becoming better more savvy with your business learning about different systems and brands and hopefully it sort of um, translates into becoming a better business owner and having a ultimately making more money because that's all what we want, isn't
0: it? In small business, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Gents, how often do your episodes come out?
3: Uh, so we do weekly. Um, so once a week uh, we release an episode. Yeah, so it's been quite good.
0: Excellent. You, any any idea, you ever have an urge to record more or it's just not enough time?
3: Time's definitely yeah. a challenge at this
2: point. So yeah, we're, you know, in between delivering projects and whatnot, we, um, we, try and, we try and do it every week. So,
1: yeah. you know, yeah, we get some. Nice one. Well, the plan for us is to take the electricians co-op to all English-speaking countries in the world. Um, so, what about you guys? What's the plan for your podcast? We're definitely just on the journey at this point. Yeah. We don't have. Yeah, we're on a journey too, but that's our plan, isn't it? The, yeah, take over the world, bro. World domination.
0: Come on, man. I mean,
2: there's a level of professionalism that we've not experienced until we've come on your podcast. So, oh, I mean, thank
0: you. That's very kind.
2: It's it's clear to see yeah. that you know you guys are very very polished and professional in what you do. Robbies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's just practice. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, I think we want to add a bit more education in the space. And yeah. I think that's one of our main goals is to educate whoever we can, you know, get to listen. But I think on the feedback that we've he- heard so far is that a lot of integrators as well are listening to our podcast. So I guess that helps them sort of look at a different system if they weren't already considering it. Um, so, I mean, obviously our guests are being, quite product-centric, um, but we also want to diversify and, and sort of broaden that knowledge.
1: Yeah, nice one. It feels good when someone comes to you and says, you're doing a good job, does not it? Like a few people have reached out to me on Instagram and said, oh, that's really good and it makes you feel really good, you know. Like it's, it's a lot of time that goes into these sort of shows um, for you, myself, and obviously the editing that goes on behind the scenes, but it's really nice to hear someone go, "Thanks for that." I've had a few phone calls from guys saying, "Mate, that was a great episode, this or that," you know, or "Can you speak about you know A, B, or C?" You know, whatever it might be. So we're listening, and it's really, it's really confidence building knowing that people are listening, and it, um, it certainly makes you feel good. Do you get much of that? Oh, we don't get it probably as much as you do, but we have had a bit of feedback, yep. and it's
2: you know, it's it's awesome when you get it. Yeah, totally. Um, it feels good. I mean. Like Jake said, we're just here really trying to educate people, help people understand when they would utilize the industry professional, when they don't need to, you know, we, we, we do get a lot of sparkies and stuff that just like yourself, you know, you're saying you don't know when you need us. You don't know when you don't. So, and then you don't know when you should take on this part of the project. We've had multiple sparkies just literally thinking that home automation is just another thing that they should just throw into their tool bag and off they go to work. And they have no idea what they're about to get themselves into. Yeah.
1: So there's a lot of sparkies listening to this. Do you mind if we share your details on the show notes, um, Jake and Aiden? And if anyone wants to reach out to you guys via Instagram or your emails, for anyone listening, please do because these guys can really help you. And if it's an upsell on a job and you can make a few bucks and the boys can help you,
0: makes you look good. And now it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. As always, they'll be included in the show notes. So just take a little peek at your phone, you know, that's (laughs) how it goes. Hey boys, podcasting can be like a minefield. I wanted to ask a little bit of a loaded question here. If I, if I may, have you made some mistakes? Maybe I've made all the mistakes there is to make in podcasting, (laughs) calling people by their wrong names, telling people to, to, I've had a few people come to my show that just I thought were really good couple of times and they rock up, they're on Zoom, it's all ready, it's all set to go, and they start talking. And I'm like, who is this person? This is not the person that I like that I briefed before and talking about something and completely the wrong person, wrong interview, wrong place, wrong time. Uh And I've had people just Talking like complete shit, just like going on and on and on. You know, you know why this is my podcast. I'm not having you on this shit. I'm like, Get out of here. And I've literally shut the calls down a couple of times, right? And I've seen all microphones don't work, my gear doesn't work. I've 30 minutes in and I forgot to press the record button. Has any any of those little things happened to you? Maybe I can give you a, a checklist of what not to do.
3: I mean, that'd be great. We'd love to see that. <laughs> I mean, I think we'll we'll probably experience some more along the way. But so, I, I don't so far, think so good. Yeah, I think I think yeah, so. I mean,
2: we learnt like yeah. my showroom's pretty noisy. Yeah, so I share the space with some other noisy <laughs> tenants businesses. Yeah. yeah, so there's been the you know phone calls and yeah. engines start and horns and whatnot in the background, <laughs>
1: sirens, whatever. But. I mean, it, uh,
0: just roll with it, baby.
1: Yeah, yeah we just and, roll with uh, it. Remember that time um, we did one of the paid podcasts, Rob and I had. It was school holidays, and my kids did. No, it was not school holidays. My kids <laughs> yes. had just finished playing footy, so I had my two boys in
0: one of their it's mates, a Saturday morning or something. It a Saturday it? morning, <laughs> that's right.
1: Anyway, they are out on the balcony. Anyway, they are out there had their iPads, they're just sort of chatting away, and we could see them from the from here out, outside. And we're speaking to who was it? Oh, I can't lady remember from the guess- navy. Oh, yes. Yes, Dr. Corinne. Corinne. Dr. Dr. Corinne. Uh, she dialed in Dr. from Japan. Corinne, so she was in Japan and I could see the boys outside. They were, they were busting together the toilet and they're looking around. They didn't want to come inside because they didn't want to bother us. So they're looking around and they see a bottle and they're like, oh, yeah, all right. So they're pissing the bottle. Just take a pee in the bottle, man. <laughs> then all three of them piss in the bottle. So they got two full bottles of piss. <laughs> then they're like, what are we going to do with them? So they're looking over the edge, like ready to like pour the piss <laughs> over there. Uh, and And are on the inside speaking to Dr. Corinne, she was in Japan just watching all this unfold. Jamie's like, I've got to take oh, a minute God, here. Hang on, just, so let's funny. just pause
0: the podcast for a second. And
1: they, got, they walk in back inside after the podcast to finish your two bottle of Mount Franklin bottles.
0: For this. Hashtag initiative. <laughs> Hashtag yeah. initiative. That's oh, awesome. Was
3: absolute cracker. I don't think we can top that one.
0: <laughs> no, At some special. point, you will just yeah. keep recording. Something yeah. like that will happen. Yes. I
1: was trying to keep my poker face while it was all unfolding, but it got to the end and I just said, I've just got to tell Kirin what's, what's what's going on here. And yeah. mate, they'll say, I was so respectful not to come inside because they didn't want to bother us, but it was just funny watching it all unfold in front of us.
0: <laughs> Gents, I wanted to ask you for for me, I know for Jamie as well, I don't, I'm not speaking for him, but certainly for me, one of the favorite things of creating this Electrician's Cult podcast is getting to know Jamie better because he comes around here a couple of times a week. You know, it's a big effort, you know, it's a lot of work to do and all this happening, but. Over the last couple of months, we got to know each other incredibly well. And at a level that you would otherwise not get to know somebody. It's quite like weird. It like accelerates, it accelerates a relationship in some ways when you have a co-host. And for me, all the all the guests have been incredible. The experience has been great. It's becoming successful. It's making some money. We've got some great deals going on. But for me, the favorite part of it is like building a better relationship with you and and that friendship have you guys got a favorite part yet has that something like that happened for you guys yet
3: yeah i mean definitely sort of knowing aiden in the space sort of understanding him as, as a co-worker i think sort of helped grow our relationship in that sense and i think you know we've on mountain bike riding. You know, Aiden's a great mountain bike rider. I'm not so much. But, um,
0: yeah. here as well. <laughs> Slightly crazy.
3: I mean, yeah, we, we've gotten together before and, and gone for a ride. I mean, I definitely can't keep up. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's it's great learning something about a person that you didn't know, really.
0: Yeah, I'd,
2: yeah. I, yeah I think it's definitely helpful. I mean, I have a tendency, you, you know, it's like when you're working flat out, you just keep going about your day and you just stay in your space and do your thing, whereas this, like, breaks that – and you, you have a conversation, and you catch up with people, and you find out stuff about how other people's lives are, and you just get to understand how other people are you know living. It's it's very helpful, and you can it sort of helps you evaluate your own existence in the space, right? You just can think about, oh, how have I been going in
0: this last week, as opposed to just keep doing it. Yeah, beautifully said. I wanted to say that because the people that are listening to this, you might feel like, hey, oh, I don't want to start a podcast. And you don't have. To, I'm not suggesting that you do that, but what I'm suggesting is that you find some version of that, whether that's, you know, you're making time out to go and talk to other business owners or meet people or create something in your world that gives you that little bit more depth in your day and in your week. So I think it's a really important thing because yeah. I know
1: I know you absolutely love this. I love, yeah, I, I absolutely love this and I love doing this with you, Rob, as well. But what I did as well, because I'm right into my networking. Anyway, back in 2014, I was invited to this business lunch and I was down at sea level at Cronulla. Anyway, I was like a really late starter to this um, event. Anyway, I've rocked up and I was probably 34 or so at the time and there was all the heavy hitters from the Sutherland Shire down there, developers, publicans, all that, and there's me. I'd been in business for a couple of years or whatever it was. I'm looking around and they're all full of pierce, all very successful guys. And I remember one of the guys saying, Some of the best deals I've ever done is over at lunch, which means sharing a meal has got a large merit in developing a relationship with someone. So, on the back of that, I thought, Well, why aren't people young doing this? You know, there's a, such an opportunity. So, I started the long lunch. And in 2000, I think it was 2015 it started. And this is, it's biannually we do it. And we get it probably tw- 28 to 38 business owners from the Sutherland Shire, we get together, we have lunch every year together or twice a year. Anyway, on the back of the last one, out of the 38 people there, I directly do business with 28 of the people. And it's on the back, I keep saying on the back of it, but it's like building relationships or sharing a meal together. It's quite different to networking. It's a yeah, version of
0: networking, it's, but it's a different it, version
1: of it. Like I've been to networks be- networking before, like being i where it's almost mm. forced upon you that you need to speak to each other. But once you've had a couple of beers, you're having a meal, you're – like you came to the last one, Rob. Yeah, like it was great. Before you know it, you're going, oh, so what do you guys do? And you start talking about what you do. You start talking about your family, you exchange business cards. And before you know it, you're working for the person. So I think there's a lot of merit in actually sitting down and having a meal with people. And and it might be like for all the sparkies out there. I had a meal with um, one of the boys from Skyco the other day. We just said, well, let's catch up for a fee. We sat down and had a meal and we straight away developed a relationship together and
0: if I've got a question about electrical, I can always reach out to him. So, Well, Sam from Adelaide was saying that from Electron environs He goes away and does client lunches yeah. and golf days and all sorts of things like that, and it just leads to more business. Yeah, well, Sam, I don't think Sam does any electrical
1: work at all. It's all about business development, yeah. taking his charter managers out to golf, taking his clients out for lunch or even rocking up to site with you know a tray of coffees or a carton of beer on a Friday or whatever. I think it's really important to show that appreciation, and I suppose – For the integrators out there looking to, you know, get on board with a few of the electricians, mate, just come to a building site and, you know, drop off a – a six-pack and introduce yourself, <laughs> introduce yourself to the Sparky. Before you know it, you might be 10 beers deep and you could be working for the Sparky then. Or you could just
0: be 10 beers deep. Both ways. An Ubering <laughs> home. An Ubering home. There it is. Jens, if people want to find your podcast, what's the best way to do that?
3: Yeah, so we're available on all podcast platforms, Home Tech Talk, um, and you can also follow us on social media at Home Tech Talk.
0: We'll see you guys then. Awesome. And all the links for that will be for Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just take a little peek at your phone and make sure you pop that open, hit the subscribe button, and uh, connect with the boys there as well. Is there anything else you want to say about the podcast before we close out this part of the show?
2: Thanks for your advice. It's been helpful. Yeah,
0: Yeah. thank you. Happy to help, happy to guide. Yeah. It's funny as the boys say that. They're all looking at Rob when they say that. I appreciate it,
1: boys. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Jamie. That's awesome. All right, (laughs) let's take (laughs) a little break.
1: This is the last segment of the show, and Rob likes to call it the
4: rapid-fire
1: fire. Rapid fire. I like to call it just the rapid-fire question. So it's pretty much the first thing that comes to mind, or you can elaborate if you want, but yeah, just it's instinctive. So your reply is supposed to be instinctive. So I'll start. What should Sparkies do more of? Less integration.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was instinctive. Yeah, See, that's, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a good one. Get, stay in your bloody lane. Get out of the way. Jake, what should integrators do less of? <laughs>
3: oh, that's, oh, wow. Well, um,
0: do electrical work.
3: Do, ele- <laughs> do electrical work, yeah. Wow. Well.
1: There it is. Jamie? What's the worst thing you've ever heard on a job site? Well,
3: have you got a mask?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's very topical yeah. and very timely.
3: Um, I'm going to say uh, I can't I can't think of it. You can't I think know, of it? On the spot. I'm not good.
0: All good. Right. Yeah, I'll give you one then. I'll give you one that you can do, Jake. What was the last kind deed that you did for someone?
3: Oh, okay. That's a good one. Um, I mean, devote time and devotion to my family, I think. Um, I think being able to dedicate time to family is very important and sort of take away a bit of time in business and really dedicate to family.
0: Absolutely.
1: Beautifully said. Well said. So, boys, what's the best thing about being an integrator? (laughs)
3: I would say being involved in technology. I mean, it's always changing. There's always something new. It's always evolving.
0: Nice one. And
2: Every uh, day day is the first day as an integrator.
0: (laughs) Really? Yeah. It's one of those jobs, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Aiden, what would you say that the least fun thing about being an integrator is? The service calls.
1: (laughs) After hour, it doesn't work, service call. Get a lot of them? No doubt about it. Yeah, right. Gosh. What's your superpower in your business?
3: Aiden. Aiden. (laughs) Aiden. In our podcast.
1: (laughs) No. What's a characteristic in your business that you're um, really good at? at,
2: My specialty is fault finding. I just sort of feel like I can detect what a fault is,
0: what the faults are. Do you feel it in your tummy when you're there, like in your solar plexus? I'm like, I can see what's wrong with this.
2: And it's scary how many times I turn up to a service call and the fault has left.
1: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> old love tape. Eh? it's yeah. funny that like you, oh. you go to a job and the client goes i swear this wasn't working before you came here and they're trying to get it not to work yeah and it just happens to work and you still bill them
3: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would say design is probably my one um oh, yeah. making sure that the systems are designed correctly
0: nice yeah if you could have a real superpower what would that be
3: invisibility
4: <laughs> <laughs> every time
3: man 10 everyone's, out of 10 what was you gonna to say, that. say that as well
0: oh, i was gonna say i could fly yeah. Yeah, i could fly because you could fly to the service jobs much faster than having to drive them. <laughs> all right
3: where's I that guess. cloak
0: what's the craziest thing you've ever
3: done i would say go mountain biking with aiden <laughs>
1: those downhills are a bit scary mate oh those jumps what did you say to me the other day there's something you just love about mountain biking taking the risk or the adrenaline what was it Oh, I I just I don't get like scared. I I just keep going. Like I go until I crash, if I, effectively.
0: <laughs> you're not, you're not scared. That. You're not scared of it. No, it's not something that kind of makes you go. No, like
2: people have a tendency of, as fear comes up, they retract or slow down. I I go the other way. Like, wow.
0: I think it's like, really important I mean, I that crash you do a that. Lot. It's important you do that in your life. I think it's important that because we live in such a comfortable environment, you know, I could just go around the corner and have a hot shower and I've got clean clothes and there's plenty of food there. There's money in my pocket, but you don't do anything that's like a little bit risky or a bit dangerous. And you forget that as a human being, and especially as a guy as well, you've got that ability to do those things. And I think you should tap into that a little bit more. And I think people listening to that should kind of remind themselves that you should go for it in life. Yeah. I love I love that idea of you don't have to do adrenaline sports. You don't have to do anything crazy or stupid or anything like that, but you should do something that makes you feel alive Yeah, some way like that. What's an example of that? Uh, I do a lot of spearfishing by myself. Yeah. Out in the water, you know, you're sort of four 500 metres off the shore in the swell, you know, sometimes I nearly drown. That's happened a few times. Got hurt a couple of times. Yeah, but, you know, being in the water and seeing sharks by yourself is – a little bit like, yeah, a bit yeah. far out, a bit scary, but yeah, you must see that on motorbike riding and whatnot. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, we, we went through a bit of a stage where we'll motorbike riding with the kids, and since we moved into the new house, you know, it's a big commitment to go motorbike riding because it's a full day to pack the trailer, get there, and get back. You know, so we've been a bit, bit slack, but yeah, I don't really have anything that really gets my adrenaline going other than ninety three degrees in the sauna. Well,
0: that's a ver- that's a version maybe, of you feeling alive.
1: Maybe that is it, yeah. But yeah. other than that, yeah, I don't really have a great deal that I do for myself, but I, I love doing that, you know, and, and like the motorbike riding as well. We've been a bit slack <laughs> with that, but we'll get back into that. And, and that is dangerous. And you often see those guys doing crusty demons thinking, what the hell are they thinking? But they're obviously thinking like you, like where they see fear, they go the other way and go, you know what, I can do this maybe. I don't know. It's more but. fun.
0: Pushing the boundaries, yeah. baby. You want to push those boundaries. Hey, Jake, what's a skill that you're working on that you haven't yet mastered?
3: I would say communication. I think that's something that I'm always working on and being open and honest. Yeah, nice one. What about you, Aiden?
0: Our uh, business management. Yeah. What about you, Jamie? What am I working on? You haven't what, we, mastered it with business. No, it could be anything in life. Um, communication, business management. I feel like I'm a
1: really good communicator at work and with the boys and that. But at home, I'm, I'm not so. I'm, I'm definitely working on that. I'm pretty um, heartless at home. i because I like to think I'm pretty tough. So when the kids are hurt or someone's upset, I'm like, just deal with it. Whereas they're not all like me. So maybe that. So yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll get a bit choked up thinking about that. But Don't be so mean.
0: Be nice Give a cuddle.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. No, no. <laughs> I, no I, I, just, I just need to lighten up a bit. I'm just a bit hard on my um family. But anyway. Yeah. Um, right, finally, boys, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received as an integrator?
3: Keep up to date with training. Learn
2: networking. Right. As, in, As
1: in technology. Technology.
2: Yeah, learning yeah.
0: networking. Yeah, beautiful. What about you? Have you got a, a good piece of advice that you've been given recently?
1: My best piece of advice? Oh, you've put me on the spot. I'm not really good on the spot, but I suppose it would be um, uh, beat the sun, win the day. Oh, there it is, baby. <laughs> that was like a ripper. <laughs>
0: All right, gentlemen, we covered a lot of ground today on the podcast and we really appreciate you coming down here to Cronulla to spend some time with Jamie and I. Jake, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
3: Social media, Automated AV.
0: Yeah. And what's your website?
3: Uh, Automatedav.com.au.
0: Awesome. And what about you,
3: Ed? Yeah, I've
2: got audiovisual integration on Instagram. I've also got audiovisualintegration.net.au dot net if you like to type and that's an extensive <laughs> domain. Or aviservices.com.au dot com dot is also <laughs>
0: Same Very place. nice. As always, ladies and gentlemen, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to connect with Jake and Aiden will be right there in the show notes, and so will the links to their podcast. So make sure you go on, go on over to Apple or to Spotify and click the subscribe button and the follow button over there and tune into their show. Give it a listen because it's a really worthwhile and you will definitely learn something. Jamie, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way, mate? Jamie
1: uh, at promageelectrical.com.au. Instagram, at Promage Electrical, or Facebook, or the Electrician's Co-op Instagram page. We've just struck 115 loyal followers.
0: Thank you, those 115 followers. Yeah, thank you. And what about you, Rob? Yeah, just at the Electrician's Co-op Instagram is the best way, and my personal Instagram is just rob.brus77, but you can also connect with us over at the community. And I wanted to invite all of our listeners to pop on over and join us in the community. And you can find the link at the electricianscoop.com forward slash free. It's always free there. There's nothing to buy. It's simply a community of electricians and it's the best place online if you're an electrician. So come on over, say g'day, and we would love to see you in there. Jamie, have you got a parting comment for us, mate? I just used it. You just used it. Let's hear it again. Come on. It's worth repeating. Beat the sun and win the day. All
1: right. In other words, get the hell up early. Get out of bed. Make the most of it. Early bird gets the worm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. That's a good way
1: to Thanks close boys out the show. Boys. Thanks,
3: Jets. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Rob. See ya. Fair
4: Thank you, ooh, 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 baby, there.